Um, Father, we come right now, first of all, God, just saying thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning, giving us another opportunity, God, to stand before your people. And we're asking right now, God, that you have your way. Speak through me and to me, oh God, that somebody will leave out of this place today encouraged. God, we know that you are a healer, you are a deliverer, you are a doctor. God, you are everything that we need, and we're thanking you in advance, oh God, for how you're going to move by your spirit on today. We bless your name. We actually continue to bless the pastor of this house, God, for sharing and giving us an opportunity to share with his people. All these blessings I pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're coming this morning from 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, verses 1 through 4, and skip down to verse 6. Amen. And it reads, David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. Verse 3 says, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. For says, so David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength to weep. And David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because of his sons and his daughters. I love this last line. It says, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. Verse 6, again, in other words, David was saying that David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughter. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. So I'm talking to somebody this morning who might be going through a little something right now. And this is also for me too. And I'm saying that no matter what I'm going through, that I want to be like David. And encourage myself in the midst of any terrible situation and find strength in my God. We can use this morning for a topic, encourage myself and find strength in God. Now, now verse 1 talks about how David and his men returned to Ziklag and found the city burned with fire. But now in order for us to understand a little bit about this part of the scripture, I'd like to share with you some of the history of David's life and what's going on at this particular time with David. Well, David was a fugitive and running from the constant attack of Saul who wanted to destroy his very life. My God. And as I read and researched about David, I found out that, that David had positioned himself or had been found favorable by a man named Achish who was the enemy to David's homeland of Israel. But David was prepared and ready, if he had to, to fight against his own homeland and his own countrymen. But I also found out that David wasn't alone in this fight. The Bible tells me that he had about 600 misfit men along with him, men who were considered to be the lowest of low. Some folk even called them castaways. And even though they were considered to be a bunch of nobodies, they were in covenant with David. So, so in other words, they said to David, David, no matter how rough your life gets or how bad things get for you, you don't have to worry about us ever leaving you, David, because we are in covenant with you. 
In other words, they were saying, David, we on your side. And even when things are at their worst, we're going to be right here for you, David. If we have to fight with you and for you, we're willing to do that, he said. And when things are going great, we'll be here with you for that also. David's men had assured him that they would be there. But the enemy of David's country, this man named Akish, decided to give David a gift. Now, this gift wasn't diamonds or gold, but the Bible says that he gave him a piece of land. I'm trying to paint a picture here for you. He gave him a place where his two wives and his children, notice it said he had two wives, and his men and their wives and their children could call home, a place where they could be comfortable in, a place, as the young folks say today, where they could just straight up chill. Ah, uh, a place named Ziklag. So you see, Ziklag represented a place of tranquility, a place of peace. It represented a place not easy to enter into or easy to destroy. And the reason I believe this is because David and his men left their wives and their children unprotected in Ziklag. So in order for them to leave their wives and their helpless children in Ziklag, it must have been a well-protected city. Now, now, some theologians have even said that it was a walled city that was hidden afar off. Uh, as the story begins to unfold, the Bible tells us that David and his men were connected to Akish and were preparing to fight his own homeland. But what had happened, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, stole all the women, stole all the children, and burned the city to the ground. But now listen, we should pay real close, real close attention as we examine this part of the scripture, because I believe, I believe that God is trying to show us something that, that, that we should recognize the tactics that the enemy is using against us even today. Ah, because he's changed his tactics from, from getting us to a point of discouragement. But now he's trying to take us to a point of depression. Ah, so, so now the enemy has to do something more to get us past the point of discouragement, to bring us to a state of depression. And because the enemy realizes that when we get discouraged, we can go to prayer meeting or come to Wednesday night service and get a little bit of encouragement. We can go to praise team rehearsal and, and get some encouragement. Nowadays, we got two and three services in, in churches where we can go and get some encouragement. We can even pick up the phone and call Brother Brother Thad or, or call Sister Betty and, and ask for them to pray for us for some encouragement. You can even turn on your radio every other Sunday, amen, on 106.7, and you'll find me there giving you a word of encouragement. Ah, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can even turn on the, 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 uh, the networks of TBN or, 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 or the Word Network. And look at that to get yourself some encouragement. So what the enemy has done, that old devil, now he's trying to get us past the place of discouragement and put us into a state of depression. Because he knows that most depressed folk don't look for encouragement. Ah, he knows that most uh, depressed folk look for a pity party. Depressed folk just wait for somebody to come along and, and see your sad face. And I want to ask you, what's wrong, baby? Uh, you know, just hang on in there. You're going to be all right. But, but what God told me to tell somebody this morning is that you've got to understand the tricks of the enemy. 
and wake up and see that his focus has now shifted to bring us to a state of depression. Because when you get depressed, you can't function in the will of God. Ah, for what our purpose is really for, which is really just to praise God and give him all the glory. But when you're depressed, you don't feel like praising God. And the true worshiper that he's calling on in these last days, the enemy wants to make sure that he can get you depressed and not just discouraged. But it's, it's, it's time out for us to start looking and see that there's a road map that's laid out for us right here in the word of God. And here's what I love about God. You see, God has exposed the enemy's tactics against us as believers because God is showing us in the scripture how the enemy wants to move us to a state of depression. Well, what the scripture is showing us is that when the enemy tries to bring us to a state of depression, the first thing he does in his attack is hit us with a devastating blow or a devastating situation. The Bible says that when they attacked Ziklag, they burned it to the ground. That's devastation, y'all. So, so you see, what the enemy wants to do in your life and my life as an individual believer, he wants to hit us with a devastating situation to put us in a position where you will begin to doubt if God is really on your side. Oh, my God. You see, the devil knows the weak spots in our lives. He knows what you like. He knows how you like it. I don't care how delivered you've been. The devil still knows what you like and will try to tempt you with it and bring you to a place of devastation. He knows where the cracks are in our lives. He knows where he can sneak in. And just like they found a weak spot at Ziklag, he found a place to bring some devastation. But I found out the other day that if we get past the point of depression, we've got to get into the word of God. That's the only thing that's going to help really get you to where you need to be. In order for us to get delivered, we got to learn how to lose our mind yeah. and get the mind of Christ. Because the Bible says, I will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on me. Ah, somebody reading the Bible in here. You got to spend time in the word of God. It can't just be on Sunday morning. It can't just be on Wednesday night. It can't even just be in your small groups. That's good, but it's not enough. Because we're going through, a lot of us are going through so much hell in our lives, we can't seem to figure out how to get our way out, and that's because you're not spending no time with God. We got to get something on the inside to help us get through what's going on around us on the outside. The Word of God will fight against the enemy when it seems like everything else around you is caving in. You've got to get the mind of Christ in you. Then you can look that enemy in the face and tell him, you might think I'm about to fold under the pressure. You might think about to throw in the towel. But I read the other day that the word of God says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hey, God, you got to learn how to lose your mind. He'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. God told me to tell you this morning that when the enemy hits you with devastation, you might bend, but you will not break because the word of God will stand forever. Now here David is in a precarious situation because they realized that they had lost everything. There was nothing left when they got there but ashes. Ah, my God. 
So the same men who said that they were in covenant with David began to blame David. We would have been able to protect our families, but because of you, David, we've lost everything. And now all that's left is ashes. Now when I read that part, I said it sounds just like church folk. Yeah, they're they, they, they going along with you as long as things are going good. But soon as things get a little rough, they'll begin to start turning their backs on you. Well, maybe you're here today. But these same men who said that we're with you, David, no matter what, just as soon as things got difficult, the same ones that said we'll be with you through thick and thin are now the same ones who are turning their backs on David. But let, re let me remind you that everyone that you think you can depend on, when times get hard, when times get rough, they'll be the main ones that'll turn their backs on you too. The same ones that will pat you on the back will be the very ones that will stab you in the back. Ah, my God, and abandon you when times get hard. I believe somebody's been through that before. But some, some, so here David is in a place that he'd never been before. His position that he's never, he's in a position he's never experienced before. At first he was running from the attack of Saul. So he had to position himself with an enemy named Akish. He was ready to fight against his own homeland, his own countrymen, but now the thing that he feared the most has come back to haunt him. The, thing, the, the very thing that he was afraid of has come back to take over his life. The men that was in covenant with him are now the same men who are talking about killing him. That's what verse 6 said. So now David's back is against the wall. And he didn't know or don't know where to turn. He doesn't know how things are going to work out in his benefit. Now, now if I was David, I, I probably would have took about 200 of those men and pulled them to the side and said, now, brothers, li listen to me. Uh, let me have a conversation with you. You see, David could have told him his whole life story. He could have told him that y'all remember how Samuel came to my father's house and went past all seven of my brothers. I was out in the field minding sheep, minding my business. But they called me in to anoint me. The king anointed me to be the king. So David could have said, now when I come into my kingdom, I'm going to straight up hook you up if you stick with me, bro. But he didn't, I didn't read anywhere in the Bible. I couldn't find it nowhere where David tried to find people that would stand with him. Nowhere in the word did he find people that would, would, would stay with him in the midst of his trials. Nor did I read anywhere that he would try to find individuals who would go through his troubles with him. So this began to bother me a little bit. Now I began to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. And so I asked God, I said, God, why in the world wouldn't David try to find people that would stand with him in the midst of his turmoil? Can I tell you all what God said to me? My God. He said the reason David didn't try to find people to stand with him is because David understood that you can't find folk that's going through the same stuff you're going through and expect them to encourage you. Ah, my God. Folk that was in the same situation with him, they couldn't encourage him. All of them were upset because the children were gone. So God told me to tell somebody here today that you need to stop looking for individuals that are going through the same stuff you're going through and expect them to speak life into your situation. Ah, when they got troubles of their own. But when stuff begins to get thick, you got to make up in your mind and be like David. 
David could have said, I can walk around and cry like everybody else. I can walk around and have a party pity, pity party like everybody else. Or I can fall out in the floor and lay in these ashes like everybody else. That's what God told me to tell somebody. He told me to say that you've been crying too long. Ah, get up from your ashes. It's time for you to make up your mind. When you can't find nobody to pat you on your back, find yourself a mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, self, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. My God, you got to say, I ain't going out like no sucker. I ain't going out weak. You got to come out of this thing with power. And the only way you can come out of it is because you got to learn how to start trusting in God. Is there anybody in here today that has made up their mind that can say, I may be down, but I'm not out. Because the God I serve has given me a word in my mouth that speaks life and that more abundantly. The word will make the difference in my life. I wish there was about three folk that understood that this is your day. And tell yourself, get up from your situation. Get up from your trials. Get up from your heartache. Get up from your pain. Get up from your troubles. Because you've got a breakthrough that's just around the corner. All you got to do is learn how to get on your knees. Because when you get on your knees, that's the strongest stand that you can make is when you're on your knees talking to God. You got to say, I've, I've cried long enough. I'm getting up from this thing. I done messed around too long. I'm done with putting myself down. I'm done with taking this abuse. It's my time. Ah, my God. And I shall come out of this thing, come out of the fire like pure gold. Hey, God. God will help you rise up from your ashes, but he's waiting on you. He just wants you to acknowledge that he is all you need. See, we got too many folk depending on other folk to get you through. When he said, you can come to me for yourself and I will open the door for you. See, David was a man after God's own heart. Yes, he messed up time and time again, but he knew how to repent and go and ask God for forgiveness. Have you stopped and asked him for forgiveness today? See, a lot of us, we can't get a breakthrough because you're still harboring anger and hate against somebody else 50 years ago. They don't forgot what they did to you, and you still walking around mad. They went, well, why she don't speak to me? They don't forgot what they did to you. You got to learn how to let stuff go. Sometimes when David, when he would get in a predicament, he knew how to go to God and say, God, I'll stretch myself before you. I know I've messed up. And somebody in here to you, you've messed up. Ah, and the enemy is trying to get you stuck in your mess. But you got to get the feeling like you can't, you, you, you're in a place where you feel like you can't move forward because of your past. Ah, well, I come to tell you this morning, get up out of the ashes of despair. Get up out of the ashes of depression and stop having a pity party and start speaking life and victory in your own condition. I had to learn to do like David did and start encouraging myself. And speaking those things as though they were. My God, that is sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is to wait on God. But how many of y'all know that he may not come when you want him? But he's always on time. My God, I dare you to just compare your situation to what Christ had to endure on the cross. That will help you shake off the problems that you're going through. When you realize that God died, gave us his son to die for us in our place when we weren't even worthy. 
That will help you understand. Little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. He can turn your situation around. My God, you got to realize that you've already won. See, a lot of us, we forget that. But we sing that song all the time, victory belongs to Jesus. How many of y'all really believe that? That he, we already have the victory, but you got to start speaking that victory like you really believe it. Why do we have the victory, the victory? Because he died for us on the cross. He died for your sins and mine. The devil wished he would have stayed dead. Oh, but I'm so glad early Sunday morning. He got up with all power, both in heaven and in earth. That alone is enough for me to just tell him, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for saving me. I should have been dead, but because of your grace, because of your mercy, I can stand boldly here and encourage myself when I get in a predicament. You got to make up in your mind that you will no longer walk in defeat, but shout, I got the victory, and really mean it like you believe it. You got to tell the devil, I got the victory. I don't care what you're facing right now. You got to let him know that you believe in your heart, that you already got the victory. When you start speaking those things, you'll start seeing those things. But only through the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Only through the power of God. It ain't in your mama. It ain't in your husband or your wife. But the way you can really find that real encouragement is when you learn how to start trusting in the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to be encouraged this morning just because you know how to read your Bible for yourself. I tell our members all the time, don't just take my word. When we preach, and, and the same with us, we can't just only take Pastor Nate's word. Pastor Nate will tell us, read the word for yourself. Amen. Why? Because the devil's going to whoop the hell out of some of us because we ain't never read the Bible. We're just taking somebody else's word. So therefore, since we've been taking other people's word, when the devil comes up against you, you ain't got a word in your own spirit because you ain't read it for yourself. Learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. He's the only one that can really deliver you. God bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hey, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we're coming right now believing that your word never fails. You said your word doesn't return void. So God, we're praying right now that somebody can sit in, here, in this room this morning and can make the decision within themselves that, God, I need you. I've tried it my way. I've been trying it this way long enough. Seems like every time I take two steps forward, I go four steps backwards. That's because you're not leaning and depending on Jesus. He is the answer. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so if that is you in here this morning, and you know that you've been trying it your way long enough, but you're ready to surrender and say, God, I need you. Lord, I'm sorry. Come into my heart. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead, it says you shall be saved. Not you might be, but you shall be saved. It's that simple. We have too many folk teaching and telling us that you got to sit on the mourner's bench. I never understood why they called it a mourner's bench. That being saved ain't nothing to mourn about. That's a happy time. God, if that's someone in this room that's been trying it on their own, but they're ready to surrender, God, let them just surrender right now. Open up your heart. 
and say, Lord, come into my heart. Live in me and watch him make a difference in your life. That situation that you've been stuck in, he can deliver you. If you're here, you can raise your hand right where you are. God will bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, God. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are a God who has never lost a case. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, and I thank you for I feel your presence right now in this room, moving on the hearts of men and women who need you, who have decided that they're going to give their life to you. God, that hand that was raised, those hands that's raised, we ask that you bless them right now, God. Let them know that with you, all things are possible, but they can't do anything without you. All these